0: Welcome to another episode of A Word About Wealth, a podcast where we tackle the often complicated world of money and finance. My name is Kevin. And this is Van. Now, what we do here on this podcast is take a common sense approach. That's pretty rude, Kevin. You're supposed to turn off your (laughs) phone. Oh, jeez. I'm sorry. Where were we? We're taking a common sense approach to topics (laughs) surrounding money. We'll do our best to build a solid foundation, answer some very complicated questions, and define some terms for you. That's right, and it's also important to note here that, I know we, I bring this up every time, but
1: we are not financial planners, nor do we pretend to be, and we shared, uh, what we share on this podcast should really be gener- uh, taken as general advice and financial entertainment.
0: That's right. Right? Entertainment. Entertainment. Well, always I remember that piece. Yes. That. <laughs> now, Van, yes. how are you doing? I'm doing all right. It's been a while since we last had our last podcast. Right. How are you doing, sir? Good, but I have a special surprise for you, my you, friend. You do? Yes, I do. There's another person in here today. Really? Yes. I didn't notice. Would you like to introduce uh, our guest for us? Actually, I think you have a much lovelier voice to introduce. Oh, well, well, well. You're much better at introducing than I am. Such a nice, such a nice words. Uh, Well, well, folks, we got a big surprise for you today. Pulled right from the street. A good friend of ours. Actually, our cousin. (laughs) (laughs) Ivy, welcome to the podcast. Hi,
2: thank you. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, so as part of You're our, welcome, <laughs> As part of a, a new series that we're going to be launching now is we're going to be trying to find some folks that uh, either are friends or family to bring on uh, to kind of learn a little bit more about their finances and kind of do a little bit what we did a few uh, weeks ago, Van, where we talked a little bit about you and myself um, and the finances that we kind of our approach to finances and the things that we do. But uh, we wanted to open it up to some more people, yeah. so you know Ivy was kind enough to volunteer and and join us after some you know some hard sells by Van and I to join the podcast, <laughs> but she's here now. Exactly. I mean, I've heard from some of our listeners that they actually like
1: a lot of the you know the real stories and the personal stories, and we thought, you know, let's let's give let's give our audience sure. a little bit
0: more of that. So yeah, give them yeah. what they want. Exactly. This is real
2: as it's going to get, you guys.
0: Yes. It? It? So we're going to peek behind the <laughs> curtain with regards to Ivy yeah. and our finances today. But thank you so much for joining sure. us yeah. today. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, but be- we're going to try to do this every so often, I think.
1: Yeah. Right, Van? I think we're going to try maybe once a month or once every other month. But I mean, I think this is uh, Ivy here's been and we've known her for years now but i mean i think it's great to see you know another perspective on how you know this whole finance world works right yeah yes. absolutely mm-hmm. because i know i know kevin and i are on the same wave plates a lot of times but yeah, you know Everyone i mean
2: different situations yeah. different
1: Exactly.
0: Mm. She's gonna she's gonna shut us down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'd be like You, you idiots. What is this? No, and, and be free. Of definitely to definitely not saying that our approach is always the right approach. I would definitely sure. want to hear from you and and get your thoughts. And my
2: approach is probably maybe not the right approach either for everyone. Obviously, so. <laughs> yeah.
0: hey, well, that's what we, we do good, on this different
2: podcasts. perspective. Yeah, that's yeah. Right.
1: but you know, maybe before we begin, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? mean, maybe, maybe where you're um, where you're from and so forth.
2: Sure. So. I am 27. I wow. um, just, have...
1: Just like Kevin here. Oh, you're 29, you're right? She's man. <laughs> man. this guy.
2: So, 27. Um, I've graduated college now, a couple years, in a full-time position. Um, let's see, financial kind of upbringing, kind of just about how I learned about finances is my parents, or at least my mom, was very... I don't want to say strict, but, you know, she logged everything in a checkbook and, you know, logged all of her expenses and was very organized about everything. And I was definitely not like that growing up because when I was 16, I started a job and I felt like I was on top of the world. I had a mm-hmm. job and I could spend money as much as I want. And, I you think know, I kind of rolled into college and kind of crazy spending. And then I learned about credit cards and, oh, wow, you know, and that will kind of bring us into other parts of the segment. But, um, but yeah, I had probably really good role models, but I... Probably am not the best. I was, well, in my past, I'd say I wasn't the best with money.
1: Okay.
2: In regards to spending. I never, I never was one of those ones that would log a checkbook. I was kind of like, if my card worked, it was good. And I had money in the account. That's all that really matters, (laughs) you know? So, um, so yeah, so that's kind of my upbringing about it. I guess I have a lot of trials and tribulations that I've learned throughout the years now with my finances, but, but yeah, that's kind of where I've kind of learned and kind of where we'll kind of get into the rest of this, sure. I guess. But
1: yeah, no, that's good. I mean, uh, as far as uh, it sounds like your parents really had a big influence. My
2: parents were, yeah, very big influence. They're very frugal growing mm-hmm. up, so we always, you know, we're good. My parents were good about budgeting and not, you know, doing spending excess stuff. And I think that kind of made me opposite when I was in my like adult life or when I had, you know, money to spend. So um, with that, I think it just it made it a little bit. I guess I learned a lot because I I always thought like we never did anything, we never sent any money, and I wanna go do this, and I wanted to go do that as a kid, and we never did, because my parents were very good about their budgets and how much we had to spend and stuff like that, so, um, so that really kind of, I, I, I went the complete opposite um when I, you know, had my own income and everything. So. so it
1: was kind of your teenage angst years, right? It
2: was, yeah. I was like they told me I couldn't do it, so I went out and did exactly the opposite of what they
0: told me I couldn't do. <laughs> You're a rebel. You're I a rebel. know. But let's let's talk the be, let's before we dive into that, I mean, can you share a little bit of, you know, are you do you have siblings you know you mentioned a lot not not being yeah no i have
2: um i'm the middle child so i'm sure that Uh, played into a lot of it too uh Uh, i have an older sound
0: music yeah i know you like the silent
2: (laughs) violins but uh i have an older brother (laughs) an older brother a younger sister and so i felt i felt like being in a middle child i was pretty independent from a young age and you know yeah, I got a job when I was 16 and oh, cool. had my own income, paid a lot with my own stuff. And when I was growing up and then I worked all through college and, you know, I always felt like my younger sibling probably got, was babied a lot from my parents because she's the youngest.
1: What about your older sibling? Was he babied too?
2: Yeah, because he's like the first, you know, I just feel like I worked hard and I had to work hard, but I probably didn't have to. I feel like I just had to
0: prove myself yeah now do you feel like your financial upbringing is very similar to what your older brother and younger sister have or do you think their perceptions are totally different
2: I think their perceptions are totally different than are
0: they are they similar
2: yeah I think so I think for them I think well hard to say now I feel like I'm definitely a lot more realistic about my finances and now now at 27 I feel like I see how my parents did it and I'm Doing it that way too. Like and now, I'm more realistic about my finances. Where I think my siblings now they're still at the stage where I was when I was earlier in my life, where um, you know it. I you know didn't have a care God. in the world, you know. Okay. But now it's a lot different. Having you know, like a mortgage, that's a lot. <laughs>
1: yeah. yeah, you have to be real when you have a mortgage. Right? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> that's a total game changer. You know, buying a house. So
0: yeah, all right. Well, so- I've, oh, so good. Go ahead, Ben. No, go ahead. No, oh, I was going to say, ben. well, Ivy, can you share a little bit about what you do today? You know, sure. you currently have a job. So
2: like- I do have a full-time position. Um, I am a corporate, well, not a corporate, like a headhunter, I guess is an easy way to think about what we do. We do recruiting. Whoa. headhunter. Headhunter. Sounds we, dangerous. <laughs> not very. Um, <laughs> Feel
0: free to ask for our resumes afterwards. Exactly. <laughs> you guys I need new jobs. You probably maybe keep your day jobs. Or, I mm-hmm.
2: don't know. but um, So... I do recruiting. Um, we are like my company, we're a small boutique firm. So we help like bigger corporations bring on talent for their teams. And so we do primarily sales recruiting and in the role that we have now, I mean, it's very much so sales based. And so, you know, income, it's hard to say and tack down a number that I make yearly just because it fluctuates based on sales and deals close. And so that's been a strong, not necessarily a struggle, but you know, with budgeting and stuff, it's hard um, to kind of get into that stuff. But um, but yeah, so we do it's basically kind of sales, it's kind of what we do, recruiting. We help people find jobs. So that's kind of what I do, and I've been doing it for the last seven years. Wow. And so,
1: so you're not a typical millennial that jumps No, a I mean, year I,
2: <laughs> I mean, I started working literally the Monday after I graduated college, wow. you know, so kind of got into it, you know, oh, wow. pretty quickly. But
1: so no trips to Europe or anything after college? <laughs>
0: uh,
2: not well. I wait a little bit. I had to to start making money first and start paying for, you know, real life. But um, so, yeah, that's kind of what we do here recruiting. It's very much so sales. And so um, and I'm sure you guys you guys know like sales. It's you know, it's hard. It's like you're not making a standard salary every every year and you have commission. And so those are a lot of different factors that kind of play into my finances and budgeting and stuff like that. So it makes, yeah, you kind of learn to roll with funges a little bit.
0: Do you you enjoy what you do?
2: Yeah, I love it. I mean, I wouldn't have stayed for seven years if I didn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, hopefully, I don't know. And it, you know, it's fulfilling and um, fun and worthwhile. And I happen to be pretty good at it. So, you know, kind of, Makes sense to stay.
1: Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> so, I mean, it sounds like you have a real natural talent for it, right? It sounds, well, at least it sounds like to me. Yeah,
2: I mean, it's been a while and I started in college and as an intern and kind of worked my way up and, you know, the first couple years was hard, you know, you don't, make that much money out of school doing something that's commission based. But, you know, as you kind of grow, it gets better. But, yeah, I think, you know, I wouldn't say I'm like a natural by any means, <laughs> but, you know, it, it you've learned a lot throughout the years and you learn certain skills and have it's a learning process for sure. Right.
1: I mean, it sounds like you were hustling when you were young and, and now you're still hustling. I mean Oh, that, yeah. That always hustling. Gone.
2: Always yeah. hustling. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, yeah, it's <laughs> kind of at the mindset you have to keep, especially living in California. It's so expensive. But, yeah, definitely always hustling.
0: So do you feel like that ties back to what you were saying about your parents and how they approached finances when they were growing up?
2: Well, maybe just because I feel like we were, like I said, we were very frugal growing up. So I feel like now I kind of want to make sure I have not necessarily the nicer things in life, but to know that I can do things when I want to do things on my own terms so.
0: so, Van, I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about your family mm-hmm. and how you were growing up, and his, we were talking to mm-hmm. Van about his financial upbringing. Yeah. Do you feel like that's somewhat similar to how you were approaching it, or well, it's very different? I think the main difference is that I, I was the oldest, so that's and true. I, I def- definitely didn't feel Full babied different. at all. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think,
1: yeah. I, um, if anything, they gave me all the responsibility. Hard time, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I was that third parent, so that God. was a little different, whereas I think with Ivy, it sounds like... You had to hustle because they were giving a lot of attention to your oldest. Like, I had to prove myself. Then, yeah, yeah, and then your youngest. And then it's like, <laughs> you know? how much yeah. time do you have left in a day to really... Yeah,
2: exactly. <laughs> but I feel like it's worth it where I am now. It's all... Hmm. Me, I, I mean, I, I'm pretty happy where I am.
1: I mean, did your family come from money at all, would you say?
2: Um, I don't think so. Hmm. I think... I think more. My dad is way more frugal than my mom is. I think my mom kind of came from that upbringing where she was, because she's always the ones that's like, oh, we'll, we'll, you know, when we're out, we'll go, we'll go buy a little extra thing, but you know, don't tell your dad, or we'll go shopping and you know, don't tell your dad or whatever. Because my dad is very strict about money, but I think my dad was, and then my mom kind of grew up, you know, with nicer. I don't want say like nicer things in life, but she wasn't as. She was a little bit more well off than my dad was growing up, mm, is got what I think. It, got yeah. It.
1: Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So it sounds like you know, it's. Um, I mean, it didn't sound like you came from like dirt poor family. But no, I mean, like we it... lived
2: in like, I uh, lived in the sticks of Orange County. No, yeah. we like. I grew up. You know, I grew up in a pretty like good what neighborhood, the sticks? The sticks, the sticks of Orange. <laughs> you know, but is <laughs> that a thing? Know. <laughs> no, we grew Did up. In a, I grew up in a nice town and a nice area, yeah. and so I wouldn't say that we were like as weird as like poor by any means, you know, like we had the means and I lived, a, you know, I grew up and had everything I needed, clothes on my back, food on the table and like, you know, excess stuff here and there. But it wasn't like we were taking lavish vacations every year and like, you know, going out and going shopping all the time and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, I'm sure uh, I would say we definitely lived within our means and maybe a little bit less than, mm. you know, what we had. Cause both my parents worked full time growing up. And so, you know, they we had two incomes. It wasn't like one parent stayed home, and, like raised us or anything. So, um, so we did have the I, I don't want to say the luxury, but like, you know, both my parents. We had two incomes. You know, growing up, so so that was a plus, I guess. Very
1: cool. I mean, it sounds like they also had to hustle as well. Yeah, I mean, I mean you, my did, parents
2: have worked. Yeah.
1: Did you learn your your you know your hustling skills from them, or was it like more self taught? Or
2: I know like it was just more self taught. So I feel like what I realized when I started working when I was sixteen was that. If I work and I make money, I can buy whatever I want. I don't have to ask my parents for it. I think that was the biggest thing I think made me realize that if I want a certain thing, I'll just have to work for it and I can have it. You know, so um instead of having to rely on someone else for it. Gotcha. Yeah.
1: Cool, cool. Oh, so self self made um self made hustler right here. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Um so let's Talk about some of your current financial, um, you know, situation right here. So, sure. um, you know, what, tell us about whatever. what are some of your major assets that you have right now?
2: So I think the biggest thing is, um, t- uh, well, coming up in December, it'll be two years since I bought a condo. And that was like a huge, well,
0: awesome. huge thing. Congratulations. I mean,
2: thank you. <laughs> I mean, I didn't think at 25 I would be owning something. But, you know, I had my parents who might hear enough saying that wasteful to rent and you're paying towards nothing so eventually you know you decide to do that um so I think that's one of the major biggest assets I have um I don't know what other people okay. consider I mean
1: with assets with, when you had the um the when you have you when you bought your house was it um did you come up with a down payment yourself or was it help from your parents or how yeah did that work? so
2: yeah I did a lot of it on my own the nice thing I think helped was that when I was buying my condo, it was a new development, so it just things got stringed out pretty long. Mm. So I, it wasn't like a thing where I had to make up all the money in one month, right? The down payment, so it was kind of like a really long year process. So um, it was kind of nice to be able to come up with it as I went, because with new construction, it's really, really hard to know when things are going to get done, and right. things always get pushed back, and timetables, you know, don't ever stay the same. So. Um, yeah, I came up with the, the down payment, um, kind of other thing to note was that I went into a, not a, a, a not traditional loan. I did a first time homeowners. So that kind of helped a lot too, just cause you don't have to put down 20%. Sure.
1: So was it's a, you bit did the FHA loan, right? Yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah. FHA loan. So, um, I was able to come up with a little bit, I think it was like 3% or something. Wow. of okay. the. So I didn't have to come up with yeah 20%, which helped, I think, but yeah, we went through, I did. I saved up money, and, you know, I was even commuting at some point from my parents' house to work because I wasn't paying rent, which was nice, at an apartment because my lease ended, so that helped.
1: And tell me how long, how long of a commute was that? I mean, uh,
2: Oh, okay, so uh, my parents live in Orange County, and my work is in L.A., so my work is a little bit south of LAX, so it was about 50, 55 miles one way. So, oh, yeah, so it's it was, yeah, I mean, you know, it was a it crazy commute, but I was saving not having to pay rent,
0: yeah, mm,
2: which right. was a big plus. So, I mean, how long
1: were you doing that for? So, I was
2: t- probably doing it for about six months. Wow, was um, it that long?
1: Okay, yeah, I, I thought yeah. it was only like maybe two months. No, it was, yeah, wow. it was about
2: six months or so. Um, but I saved so much money, and that helped with being able to come up with all the money for my down payment and mm. all the other. Mm. Things that go into buying a home. So, so yeah. And then, yeah, my parents didn't really help. I think they helped a little bit here and there, but a lot of it was just from my own, my own hustling, I guess, cool. to come up with it.
1: I mean, it's, and it's, I mean, just to remind everyone, I mean, where we live, it's very hard to, I would say, buy a home just with a single income. Sure. And I, I would yeah. say, even with my wife and I, I mean, we had a combined income, which was pretty healthy, but it was still. Very still pretty hard. tough, right? Yeah, but then, I mean, is. I could only imagine if we had to be maybe even half of that, it would even be more tough, so absolutely.
2: Yeah, well, granted, I didn't, I mean, I'm not living in, like, Beverly Hills by sure. any means, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's still, yeah, very hard, and... Well,
1: you're closer uh, to the Builder here than we are.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I'm in L.A., um, but yeah, it was, it's an up-and-coming area, so, mm. so I got it at a very good
1: price. I mean, you, you had the stadium com- coming up around there, right? Yeah, the football there, right? stadium yeah. over there and, and everything. Was, uh, Bobo place nearby,
2: and a boba place, yeah.
1: Boba place, yeah, yeah. and then a you have a crawfish. And place, I have
2: a right? yeah a crawfish place, yeah. and they're opening up a churro place, so you know it's yeah. it's popping. it's wow. popping. Hmm.
0: Be nice to be invited sometime. <laughs> yeah, it would be. <laughs> yeah. well, anyways,
1: move on, on from that point. Okay, so okay, so now um we ha- you have your house. I mean, do you have other assets like cars or anything else that um, or major assets that you you would so,
2: say? So I don't necessarily think leasing a car is an asset because I'm mm-hmm. not I don't own it, mm-hmm. so I lease um, which I've liked. I've always, you know, always owned a car, but leasing is a, I don't know if you guys will talk about this in your further podcast, but leasing is an interesting option. I've liked it so far. Um, I know probably it's not as good in the long run, but I think for me, I enjoy leasing a car. It's nice to be able, you know, in a couple of years you now I can go get something new. Um, but other than that, I, yeah, I have a lease a car, own a home and that's really it. I don't really have, I don't have like, stock off, like, things like that. I don't like, really...
0: retirement? Or yeah,
2: retirement. Like that. yeah, I have, a like, a 401k. My company just started. Um, so I do have a 401k, and then, you know, I do have a Roth IRA as well. Wow. Mm-hmm. So
0: it's very. I'm very far away
2: from, you know, being able to live the good life when I retire. So i got a little ways to go, but... But yeah, so started I just started contributing to that this year. Okay,
1: true. Oh, very cool. I mean, it's process. But I mean, keep in mind you're 27. Yeah, so right. Most people who put into start these kind of things, are yeah. like their well in their thirties uh, or forties yeah. or whatnot. So. Yeah, I mean, don't don't cut yourself too much. <laughs> that's pretty <laughs> yeah. awesome. Yeah that's, yeah, that's
2: pretty awesome. So I want to make sure I can support myself when I'm in my old age.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because uh, you probably won't be living rent free at your mom's house. No, by now. probably <laughs> not. No. Um, so, what about debt? Like, do you have any major debt? Yeah.
2: Area, right? So. <laughs> so debt. Oh, debt! Mm. What a fickle friend of mine. So. Charlie. So big thing I struggled with in college was credit card debt because I was in college and you know you figure you open a credit card and so that was a big thing and then moving into a house. Oh my gosh, moving into a house for the first time, you go into a lot of debt. At least I did. So, um I would say I definitely have credit card debt, but it's been a process and I've been learning about how to pay it off and, you know, consolidating and figuring out the best way to overcome the debt. So, I'd say my biggest thing in debt wise is just I do have credit card debt. So, And it's just because I did not have very, like I said, very good spending habits growing up, or at least in college, I figured... I was kind of the mindset when I was like, I have a credit card and it says I have a thousand dollar balance. That means I have a thousand dollars to spend, which is not how you should look at having a credit card. Uh,
1: That's actually, if you listen to my episode, that that's kind of how I thought it was in college as well. So it it was like an extension of your bank account, right? (laughs) That's what I thought about too. So
2: that, you know, that mindset rolled well into college and a little bit after I graduated. Um, And it was a terrible way of thinking. And now, now being where I am and paying off this debt, I realize credit cards are not an extension of your bank account. Mm. It You only use them when you have to, in, so, like worst case scenario sometimes.
1: So, so when did you figure that out? I mean, I know it took me a long while oh to figure gosh, that out. But, yeah. yeah.
2: I think I started figuring it out when I started getting into the home buying process. And we were looking into my credit score and, you know, your debt to you're like debt ratios and all those things they look at when you buy a house. Right. So, um, and then, you know, I think it really took someone telling me you have too much debt. You need to pay this off. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like I definitely need to start doing this. And then I kind of started paying it off and then I bought a house and then, you know, when you buy a house. It's like, you kind of have to think, Oh my gosh, I want this done right away. And you think, mm-hmm. you know, you want it all right away. And then I think buying a house was just very expensive. And I went into, more debt, I guess, after buying a home. And then I think really this past year or two, I've really buckled down on it because I just need to get it under control, you know? So, so I'd say that was the hardest thing learning, but I think it took someone telling me that, I had a lot of credit card debt for me to realize it. <laughs>
1: was, it was it like a, uh, like a loan officer or something like that that told you? Yeah, it was my, oh,
2: okay. like the yeah, the mortgage guy okay. or whoever. Yeah. The loan officer
1: that I was sure. working through
2: to get my loan. He was just like, you know, we would get better rates on things if you had a better credit score and your credit score will only go up if you pay off your debt. So everything's mm, kind of interesting. intertwined.
0: Mm, okay. Yeah. Now, did you feel that the fact that you were going to be buying a home and the fact that because you had that goal of wanting to get that home, right, that really pushed you to start thinking differently. Like, whereas let's say you weren't going to buy a home, right, yeah, you know, credit card yeah. bill, not a big deal, but yeah, it was so, that. Kind yeah, of so I think
2: that the year when I started buying the home buy when I started the home buying process it was really when I buckled down with my debt and yeah. I mm. was able to pay off so much of it because I was like, I need to just save money and I need to pay this debt off because I want you know the best rates I can get for all this stuff for my house. And then I got the house. And then I feel like I went back into debt again, you know, just because buying a house, like I said, I keep coming back to this. Buying a house is a very extensive process. And I think after the fact, you know, you realize every month you have to pay a mortgage and you have to pay these fees and stuff like that. And I just – (laughs) contract. Yeah. And so I think I – I'm one of those people that when I do something, I want to get everything done right away. And so I wanted to get all my stuff in my house right away, which was a terrible way of thinking about it because – I'm going to be in here forever, you know, a long time. My loan is like 30 years, right? So I don't need to get all the fixings on the house and everything, you know, done right away. You know, that's a process. And I think looking back at it now or if I end up, you know, buying another home in the future, I will definitely think about that differently. Um, So, yeah, I think I went back into debt after buying a house, you know, after having paid all of it, you know, off and kind of getting into a good spot with my debt. And I went right back into debt after I... Close on my home
1: so are you uh, trying to tackle these debts right now or how's yeah t- so
2: definitely tackling debts I mean I have like one card that I pay that I've just yeah that I because I, I usually I I have a couple cards and I feel like I usually only just use one that's my main card and so it's just one of those things yeah I've been paying it off and I have a couple cards that have balances on it and so it's I've learned that the best way to kind of tackle it and you guys can give your opinion about this too is obviously paying off the card that has the highest interest rate uh, first
0: yeah concept that van introduced to us yeah previously. Yeah. Um, i mean so that is the, i would say that the best is way the best way to do it yeah
2: uh, and so i realized that is the best yeah. way too for what i realized so i started doing that and then um and then so that's how i'm yeah i'm in the process right now of paying off all my debts and paid off a couple cards and you know the only card I have left is one that's a pretty very a very low interest rate so you know which is nice and so paying that off but um, but yeah it's been a very hard process mm.
1: yeah, I mean I would say I mean the the whole uh, paying the highest interest rate first is the most efficient way however sure um the only problem with that is, let's say your biggest balance is also the highest interest rate. Yeah. And it, it may take like, you know, maybe a couple of years before you see that gone. And I yeah. think it may deter a lot of people. So I think if you were the type of person who wants the instant gratification, then I would say pay the lowest balance first. But mm. if you're the type of person that says, you know, I'm, I'm smarts. And I can I don't need to. Oh, well, I'm not saying that I, you know, I am the instant gratification. <laughs> you know, so I need to get see all these out. But I mean, if you were smarter than me, then you would do the. You know what you're doing is better. I would say.
2: Yeah, I mean, and it's nice seeing a card be at a zero balance. You know, after you know whatever. But yeah, so that's kind of the process I'm going through right now, paying off my debt, and I think. I think the kind of crazy thing about how I've been able to pay off a lot, so backstory, the last couple months in my role have been very good. So with being, you know, in a commission type of position, you have some months that are better than others. And I've just been very fortunate to have been, had very good months that are over what I normally budget myself making every month. So I've been able to put all that extra commission into paying off big sums of this credit card debt. So I've been able to kind of really, trickle it down and it's yeah it's very nice and it's very rewarding (laughs) seeing a zero balance on a credit card so um but
1: do you cut them up afterwards or what do you do with these cards
2: i just put them in a drawer oh yeah i don't know i don't know if i can cut them up because i don't know if they say i guess if you guys might know better about keeping cards open
1: Good or bad? I'm not sure. I think in general, it's, it's fine. I mean, there's nothing... Yeah. As long as you're not
2: it. using it crazy or... Weird. I try to
1: close as many, but... Yeah. I mean, oh, really? I know, I know when you close it, it does ding your credit, but oh, I mean... Oh, it does. But the thing is, I mean, credit's really only good if you yeah. intend to borrow money, right? Exactly. But if you don't intend right. to borrow any more money or opening any more applications, then... Yep. I mean...
0: What it, is but, it for? Yeah, it's not, no big sure. deal. Sure. Yeah. It was yeah. when Dan told me that, that I said, no, then in that case, why do we have all these cards? Right. It's just for bliss there, but... Mm-hmm. You know, you make your own decision. Yeah. So I kind of just
2: keep them because now I kind of think like, okay, like sometimes if I go and if I have a store card or something and I know there's a discount, maybe I'll just use it. And then then the thing I've learned is pay it off right after you buy anything. So you, you know, because like I said, the credit card is not an extension of your bank account. So pay off what you use (laughs) when you use it. And, yeah, so I don't know. I, I just keep the cards in a drawer in in my room. <laughs> so,
1: so it sounds like most of your debt is really your, your mortgage and then any kind of consumer debt that you have, right? Yeah. yeah and mainly just your, spend, um, your shopping and spending. But, I yes. mean, do you have, like, you know, loan shark loans or payday loans or something oh, like no. that? No. Yeah. So I looked into
2: the process of debt consolidation when I felt like I was cool. drowning in my debt. Um, because... What really kind of kicked my butt into paying off this debt this past year was I was looking into refinancing my house to get into get out of my FHA loan because I didn't want to have to pay a PMI anymore. Right. Um, and then that's when my loan officer told me, again, you have too much debt. We need to get your credit score up mm. to be able to get you out of this loan, apparently. I don't know how all the loan stuff works. It's still a little bit over my head. but um, Totally okay. You
0: know, if and, and For folks... If you don't understand what uh, Ivy is taught him, there's an episode about the home buying process yes. that you should yes. definitely yes. Check tune back
2: out. into that one. But that <laughs> yeah. um, uh, totally makes sense. But so then that kind of really got me back into wanting to pay off all my debt because it would be nice to get out of the loan that I am in because sure. I am paying an extra insurance on something that I probably couldn't, don't need to be paying. Right. Um, so that's kind of where I am getting into that. But yeah, I looked into debt consolidation, um, because I mean, honestly, I feel like I was just so frivolous with my spending and so bad and I was like I don't want to say embarrassed about how much debt I was in, but it was just crazy the amounts of debt I was in. I felt like I was drowning in debt. So yeah, I definitely looked into debt consolidation in regards to getting a loan or something or but I don't I don't have any other loans. I have just been just the credit card debt. Okay. I, I haven't. I didn't. I looked into it. Never got into it. Just because I don't think it was the right path for me.
1: Gotcha. So I mean, uh, we kind of curious. So when you bought your home initially? Um, did it feel like more like a blessing or a curse at the moment? Because it sounds like you were drowning in debt afterwards because you have to buy all this stuff, but then it was kind of a blessing. But I mean, tell me your thoughts about that.
2: I think it was a little 50-50. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, having a home is great and paying towards something is definitely great and it helps with taxes and, you know, stuff like that. But, um, I would say if overall it's been a very positive and good experience. I think I wouldn't have been in so much debt had I just had better spending habits, which I... have should have just like the thing is my brain knew the right thing to do, but I didn't do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Right. So I knew the right things. It's to like do. my
1: Friday night last, <laughs> last
2: week. <laughs> um, I knew the right things to do financially, but sometimes I am a very impulsive person I think is what it kind of come down to. So,
0: so when I want to back up a little bit, when you were, to, when you decided that, you know, you wanted to, you know, or had that realization that, hey, I have a lot of debt. If I don't get out of this debt, I'm going to not be able to attain some of the goals that I want to get. Right sure. at that point, I was getting a home. Did it did you personally have uh, a transformation in terms of how you approached? Like what lifestyle changes did you decide to make, if any? Right. So that must have been.
2: I think I assume. am still not in the best financial mindset. Things, But I'm working on it. It's a process. Um, As weird as it sounds, but I knew that I had to pay off more debt in my job. The nice thing is I felt like I just worked harder so I could make more money. Okay. So, and I don't necessarily know if that's the best. I feel like I kind of sometimes put a Band-Aid over it, Mm -hmm. you know, and I didn't really.
0: Kicked it down. Down. Yes. So I just felt
2: like, okay, if I'm spending more, I need to make more money. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you know the, thing the classic is,
1: problem. And yeah. the thing being in sales is yeah. that
2: you have the option to do that, right? You Fair have term. the option yeah. to work harder to make more money, and then I felt like maybe a little bit of that is, you know, how I'm dealing with this stuff now. But, um, but I also just, you know, I I definitely kind of buckle down on just little things here and there that I knew I was like, okay, I don't need this. You know, every month I you know went to the thing where I called all my uh, my utilities and see, saw what I could do and just save money here and oh, there where I could. Um, and just did little things here and there. But you know, I will say to this day today, you know, sitting here, I wouldn't say I'm the most financially sound person. Like I still make impulsive purchases and you know, I still do have sometimes frivolous spending habits and stuff like that. But I don't know. I don't, well, well I don't mean, know. I, I just way. want to
0: say, I mean, at the end of the day though, I mean, Van and I talk about this a lot. Like you should never, be embarrassed. I Like, I don't feel like you're the only person that's oh. in this boat. I think yeah. plenty of people are in debt and the the challenge is exactly what Getting you said. Getting out of it. Is how do you f- realize that you have to do yeah. something? Yeah. Part of these series that we're starting with you is to kind of talk to the folks and say like, hey, you know, like how do we, maybe we can help you with some ideas. Right. Or but relate to, yeah, relate, to. relate to someone else yeah. in the same situation. Yeah, yeah. definitely don't feel bad about.
2: Yeah, no, family. I mean, I don't, I want to say I'm like, yeah, it sucks having debt and yeah. I would love to, I can't wait for the day where I'm like, I literally have zero credit card debt and I am living debt free kind of with, you know, I have a loan, but a house loan, but you know, no credit card debt, but it's just, yeah, once you kind of get into the black hole of it, it's really hard to kind of get out. So I am slowly clawing my way out of this debt hole and I, you know, eventually it will happen, but, but yeah, it's, it's a hard and vicious cycle once you get into it. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, the thing is I think Van and I are not uh immune to having frivolous spending. I mean, there's definitely times no, I, when we buy I, I know stupid Kevin, stuff. <laughs> I know
1: Kevin has his uh um, vice at Frankenstein these boxes of, box of cards. My box of cards. And right. I, I mean I go to, you know, car you know parts websites every night <laughs> to yeah. take a look at you know, just peruse around. Yeah. yeah. And I mean we all have these vices, but I think the key thing is um Figuring out how to keep it in check. Yes. Absolutely. But, I mean, it's easier said than done,
0: Definitely.
2: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I feel like lately I have just been, yeah, I think if I'm out and I think, oh, that coffee pot looks cool. (laughs) And I think to myself, do I need a new coffee pot? No, I don't. And then, you know, before I would have been like, I want it, I'm going to buy it now. Mm -hmm. You know, I was very impulsive about a lot of stuff, but... I think it really does change your perspective on finances once, yeah, you, I think the bigger thing when I realized I have to pay a mortgage every month to make sure I can keep a roof over my head and, Absolutely. you know, I don't want to foreclose my home or, you know, whatever. And so I think that has very, bar- that has changed my mind a lot and opened my eyes to a lot of just... Little things
1: like that. I've actually figured out a way how to get around this whole impulse buying thing, which oh, have is you? well, I'm not saying uh, it wasn't my idea, by any means. No. <laughs> like, tell I've,
2: me your secret. And I've
1: also mentioned it in a previous a previous episode, but mm-hmm. I think uh, um the Frugal Woods, which is another uh, blog that I frequent every uh. now and then. Oh, they um uh, one one of the they say something about if you see like an item, you do something called a seventy-two hour roll where you just kind of. Just you know, sit on just it. Just sit on it for 72 hours. And I would say that I, 90% of my, uh, my impulse buys have been gone, right? Mm. But because it's like, you know, 72 hours later, it just isn't that significant for right. you anymore, right? Yeah. Whereas if it really is still significant, You'll then... you be
2: thinking about then, it, Exactly. Though.
1: Then you should go just go ahead and buy it. But, I mean, just give yourself... The seventy-two hours and then mm. see what you think. But I think most people, um I mean you probably you fell in this trap multiple times and same with me, but it's just like oh I gotta have this, I gotta yeah. have this. But in most cases, I mean look look at my closet behind you. It's just full of junk now, right? Right. And it's yeah. probably for the, a lot, I'm pretty sure if I did the seventy two hour rule, it would be half
0: as full at the yeah. moment. Man, I think that's your wife's stuff. Another
2: thing that really helped me was I literally stopped going to Target. Oh. Because Target is a trap.
0: It Target is, is a, a potential sponsor, IV. <laughs> I guess we just lost that. <laughs> this is what we do on this podcast, man. We, we lose, lose a lot of sponsors. But Target
2: is just, you go into Target and you just, everything there is so great. And oh, I you know, just, there we go, there we you go. You know, you want to buy everything. <laughs> but
0: Because
2: <laughs> I feel like I just would buy stuff and tar- I just love Target, but.
0: Do you have a red card?
2: <laughs> I do have a red card. No, a please. credit card at Target. But yeah, I think it's just. I, I started doing yeah thinking about it really and see if it's something I really needed and if I did I would buy it if I didn't I don't need it
1: so okay fair enough so you know let's talk about uh you know it sounds like you th- you have a mission to get rid of all these um, debt and all that um, I mean so tell me um what's one of your strategies right now I mean I, but I know budget is a big thing but I yeah. mean tell me what you normally do to you know what your plan is to get rid of this debt
2: yeah so the first step I took honestly and getting rid of all my debt was I sat down with my friend who was very good about money and we literally put together an Excel spreadsheet. I put down all my credit cards, the balances, and I just looked at it hmm. and I
0: facing the debt. Yes. yes facing was, Charlie. That's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, as
2: simple as it sounds, I didn't use any crazy app. I didn't do anything. I literally opened up an Excel and did it in that. And was
0: that difficult? Putting it together, seeing
2: it, I think it really made me realize. Yeah, because I don't think you realize how much you have until you, because I have a couple cards, right? It's not just all on one credit card. So I have a couple cards here that have balances. And so putting it all together and then seeing the balance, I was just like, I need to, I need to get rid of this debt. Yeah. So that really helps And as simple as it is, it's just writing it down for you to see it in front of you helps a lot. Um, so that's kind of where I started. And then I started making a budget.
1: Yeah, it kind of reminds me of the stories of um, a little bit of sidebar here, but one of my roommates uh, one, uh, after his first quarter of you know, going into college, yeah. um, he had like a 0.67 GPA. And uh, then, yeah. So basically, he failed all zero, <laughs> right. yeah, yeah. less than yeah. one. Oh less than one. Yeah, which is crazy. So then, in order, so the following quarter, in order for him to motivate him, he you know he slept on the bunk bed. So um, he wrote his GPA on, on the you know, on the ceiling there. So oh, that every really? morning when he wakes up, he sees that. Oh wow! And then that is what oh, motivated him to him. go into his you know eight a.m. classes and so yeah. forth. I mean, I mean, he graduated and all that, but it's just that. You know, that's what it took. So it kind of yeah. sounds like awesome. it simi- it's a similar process. Yeah, right? and
2: I think it also for me, I'm totally one of those people. Like, even at work, I do this. When I write things down, I put a checkbox next to it because it's very rewarding for me to check something off. And so it was very rewarding for me in an Excel spreadsheet to see when I paid off an amount on a card or even if it was, you know, just whatever amount, seeing the total balance go down. And I think for me, it's seeing it and, like, like, for me checking off a box and crossing out something manually with my Mm -hmm. hand helped and like typing in and seeing the balance go down, I think really helps me because then I feel like it's not that it's a game, but I'm a very competitive person. I want to (laughs) win. And so seeing the amount go down as I'm paying it off, knowing that I'm not, it's not going up because I'm spending that it's going down helps a lot. Mm. Yeah.
1: Very cool. Very cool. So it sounds like you know, I mean you're not really using any fancy tool. Just Excel is kind of Excel. Your
2: I have my I have a budget on my computer on mm-hmm. an Excel sheet. That is how I budget monthly. Cool.
1: So is that how you track all of your expenses, even all the variable? Yeah. Expenses so well?
2: that's yeah. You know, so my friend helped out a lot. So we started first. We start with that. We put together mm-hmm. the Excel sheet for my credit card mm-hmm. debt, and then then we made another sheet and we put together first part of the month all my expenses, um, and then like the second part because you know I get paid bi-monthly. Is yep. it bi-monthly? Yeah, bi-monthly. So two times a month. Mm-hmm. And so we put all the expenses that I paid, like my utilities or whatever bills you have. And I put them up when they get paid or when they take out of my account. So I knew first part of my month when I get paid this amount, this is what I need to pay. And this is what I need to make sure I have in my account. And then I paid off. And then I wrote down everything for the second month. And so now I know and there's no surprises mm-hmm. about how much my baseline of what I need every month that I need to be able to pay off everything that I need to be able to live, I guess. And then, um, we started putting in there, I have a line for spending fun money. And then I started giving myself just literally an allowance every month for this. And that kind of helped. And that helped in the beginning. And I still use it to this day. So I know how much I'm spending and I have a sheet of logs of like when I, you know, if I go out to dinner or if I buy something, I log it out so I can, physically see how much i'm spending because just seeing it take it out of my account doesn't really add up for me so Mm -hmm. for me i'm the type of person that needs to see it in writing for me to know exactly how much i've spent and if i know i go over that means either i have to cut back next month to make sure i make up for it you know the month when i went over on budget
1: gotcha so i mean with this plan that you have right now i mean how long much longer do you think it's going to take for you to pay Mm -hmm. off your debts or at least your consumer debt
2: yeah, so what I'm hoping, I'm working very hard at work. Um, what I'm hoping is hopefully by the end of the year, beginning of next year, is oh, well. I'm hoping to pay off okay. all of my so. debt and be, you know, debt free. Debt free yeah. in a sense, credit card debt free. Yeah. Free. So. That's the goal I have. I mean, if I don't hit it, I, you know, it would stink. But at least I'm making strides towards it, which is the biggest thing. So,
1: I mean, I know some people, I mean, they would probably take at least a year or two or something like that. Right. But I mean, I think doing it in the next few months, that's pretty admirable.
2: Yeah, I think it's just, I, I, we're having a really good year at our office, like at work. (laughs) And so everyone's been working very hard and I think that helps a lot and just.
1: So, so you're contributing to the uh, four point whatever percent unemployment rates, right? Or just making it lower?
2: Yeah, yeah. 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 I mean, yeah.
0: Making, oh, yeah, right. making the
2: unemployment rate lower <laughs> makes me help pay off my debt faster.
0: It's <laughs> a pretty crazy job out there. Just I'm just gonna fire you. <laughs> just fire. But Ivy, I mean, when it comes to um, you mentioned wanting, you know, making these changes, have you had months where you either? just somehow fell off the wagon a little bit in terms of really hitting those goals? Have you been consistently hitting No, definitely. It's, you know, kind of like a diet,
2: you know what I mean? It's very hard to stay on it and be very... Yeah, yeah, just because I don't have the best self-control, you know, and so, yeah, there definitely are months. And then how I kind of, uh, I guess, fix it or make it is just the next month I just am a little bit more strict about it or... I try to see where I could save money every month or maybe there's something in my last month that I don't need this next month or, Mm. you know, what have you. So So you're actively looking at it. Yeah, all the time. I mean, honestly, the Excel spreadsheet is on my desktop on my computer and I sit at a computer all day and it just sits there looking at me, Ivy's monthly budget. (laughs) And so sometimes I literally sometimes just open it just to look at it. And so I can just always think about, you know, certain things. But like, yeah, there's some things that I tried, like, I looked into when I was paying Spotify, and then I found out they have a Spotify family. So then I went in with my family, and I saved so much money there. And so there are things here and there. And I'm sure if I called into my cable company, and hopefully, you know, talk to them about it, they could probably bring down my cable. And then I, yeah, so there are things here that I look at all the time. And then I tried to do some things on the, the side, like I started looking through a lot of my stuff and posting it online and selling it. And if it's an extra twenty dollars here, great, you know. So, um, so I tried to
1: this lunch for at least a few, couple of days, right? Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and then, yeah, big thing that I was really spending a lot of money on, I realized, was food. Um, just because I don't like eating leftovers, and so I and I don't like cooking, so um, I and would that's eat like a double whammy. I, <laughs> I know I would eat out a lot, and so I really buckled down on cooking lunches at home and bring my own lunch. And that is such a big saver time, oh, you know, imagine, time wise, yeah. money wise, not having to spend money on food. And then, you know, I budget how much I'm going to go to the grocery store. So when I'm in the grocery store, I literally have the calculator on my phone open and I'm typing down. So I know exactly how much I'm spending. So now I feel like I'm just a little OCD about a lot of things and I'm just calculating everything all the time in my head. But for me, it helps just because I need to know exactly how much everything is and how much I'm spending that way. I know monthly what I'm spending, which helps me, so.
1: No, that, that's good. I mean, you're, you, I mean, it's, um, it's pretty amazing to see this transformation because oh it sounds like, like you, nine day. you yeah. came from like yeah. somebody who, you know, you used your credit card as extension of your bank account and right. now somebody who, you know, pinches every penny when you go yeah. to the grocery store. And and I feel like that, I so. know why
2: my parents yeah. did what they did growing up, you know, and, and they
1: had kids and all that too. That right? too. I mean, <laughs> I have no one
2: but myself to take care of. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So now I, th- <sighs> I wish I would have learned this stuff years ago and been like this years ago, but you know, hey, you live and you learn. Still, you live well, and you I, learn. I
0: you have to understand. I know it's like you're yeah, still yo,
1: pretty. Yeah, I mean, you still have like maybe another hundred years or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. wow, wow, wow. <laughs> okay, so um, I mean, we know uh, looking at some of your finance financial goals going forward. I mean, it sounds like for at least in very near term, you want to get rid of your credit card debt. But yeah. is there any? Are there any other goals, goals? that you have near term?
2: I mean, I want to buy a house, an actual house, Mm. not a condo. That's kind of a goal. Um, Is it? I
1: mean, that's more like long-term, though, right? Yeah,
2: that's definitely long-term. I mean, short-term goals, I would say, yeah, definitely pay off my debt is the biggest thing. And I think that's the biggest thing. And to not get back into debt, I think is the biggest
0: thing. Do you feel like there's times where you are getting back? I mean, there are. I mean, it's hard sometimes. It's like, uh, you know,
2: I think the biggest thing is... Owning a home is, if something breaks, I have to figure out how to fix it. You know, sure. and that comes yeah. out of my own pocket. I mean, so, e- even
1: when it's brand new or you still got maintenance there. So.
2: Definitely. Yeah. So I think that's, I mean, I, I'm sure that's always something that I probably, you know, people and anyone I'm sure will struggle with going in and out of debt. But as long as I can manage it, I think that's, you know, that, that that's a success in my book, being able to manage it and not get into crazy debt where I feel like I'm drowning in it. Something that's manageable.
1: So. Well,
0: as someone that's kind of gone through, it sounds like the worst part of that process. Do sure. you have any advice for folks that maybe are similar? Maybe they aren't quite where you are, but oh, they're, they're in like the trenches like, of it. Crap, yeah. I don't, I don't know what to do. I think do. the biggest thing
2: is you have to make lifestyle changes. As weird as it sounds, it's just yeah, you gotta you know, not by the Starbucks every morning and yeah. that help. you know, and bring your lunch and just, you know, not you
1: drink the free coffee at work. Yeah. yeah.
2: And then the other thing I see as crazy as it sounds is I, people say this all time. I learned to say no when people ask me to go out and I just said, I can't, yeah. you know, I need to stay oh, at home there. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I feel like this past year, I literally sit home more nights and just chill at my house. Cause it's the cheapest thing to do. And, <laughs> you know, and it's totally fine to me, you know, but yeah, it's just making lifestyle habits. You know, changes, um, changing your lifestyle habits, and then also just just buckling down and just you know, people understand if you say, "Hey, I can't go out," it's just because I just don't have money to spend, and people are totally understanding about that. So
1: oh, that's interesting. I, I would think that people would be like, "Oh, like you should be making more. Like, how come you're not coming going out?" You know, <laughs> or something yeah. like that, right? Or, no, I,
2: I think yeah. people are more understanding mm, than people realize. So good. at least my group of friends are. They're like, you know, we get it. You know, you mm-hmm. have things to pay for, and um, and you know. Just don't have like you know a, a unlimited budget and you're just spending you know so um, I think that was the biggest thing and just coming to terms with it mm-hmm. and setting a a plan and a goal and doing it I think is the biggest thing.
1: Okay, so all right, so it sounds like we kind of pretty much um, summarized the near term, uh, you know, basically paying off all your debts, and long term you want to buy like an actual house, house. Yeah. I mean. Is there, uh, I mean do you have, is there anything else that you want to, I mean, what about like being like, what about from your retirement perspective? What, what kind of goals oh, man, do you have retirement?
2: there? I don't even think about <laughs> my retirement goals yet. I mean, I want to be able to retire and live a good life. And I don't know I think it's anyone's goal is just to make as much money as possible and be successful and, um, and you know, have something, make a name for myself, I guess, you know, financially and just be well off. And I think that's the biggest thing.
0: That's good. Oh, I mean, going, I yeah. think simple goals are sometimes always the best goals. Um, yeah, absolutely. Do, do you feel like there's going to be a time where you're you're going to be adjusting those goals, like once you pay, become debt free outside of a mortgage? Oh or yeah, start absolutely. Different or
2: I mean, I'm sure things will change as I move into different stages of my life. Sure. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, getting married, having kids. I feel like things will be different once absolutely. you have children. Oh. I'm sure that's the biggest thing, you know, for you, Van, is uh, having <laughs> kids. Your whole perspective on things. <laughs> totally probably change
1: yeah because i remember before the kids um, you know we were pretty good at our finances but once we you know my wife got pregnant it was just uh, it's just there it was something expensive. that clicked kids and, are expensive. and uh, i mean i know they, i knew that there was incoming expenses and all that but i still wanted to have the same uh more or less lifestyle and uh, savings rate and all that. And that yeah. was still really yeah. important to us. So, I mean, but we figured out a way to do it. It just wasn't hard. I mean, it was really hard to do yeah. that, actually.
2: Yeah. yeah. So, day, i
1: sure, Daycare is uh,
2: Yeah. <laughs> just, there are so many things for children. So, I'm sure a lot of those goals will change. And, you know, what if I marry someone that has a ton of debt? We'll have to figure that out, too. You know? So, everything <laughs> will change. Or I marry
0: a millionaire. Or oh, I marry yes, a millionaire, you know? Yeah. So...
2: Yeah, those sure. things will probably change as I move into different stages of my life because, you know, all I have now is myself yeah. to take care
0: of. Well, one of the things that I know concept-wise that I've heard about when it comes to debt is, like, uh, small wins, they start to snowball, right? Mm-hmm. And I feel like – did did you go through that where it's like, oh, I got that small thing off the table? Because that's kind of what Van was alluding to earlier about yeah, I the kind small kinda Yeah, I feel
2: like it definitely helps when I – to, like, your perspective, like, so I had, like – a multiple cards, right. That had balances on it. So I had to figure out, I just paid off one card and just seeing one card that didn't have a balance. And then I paid off another card. And then, you know, that the effect of it, like just seeing it. Yeah. And so you, then once you start doing it, you want to do more and pay it off and see it, you know, be at a zero balance. So yeah, it definitely snowballs and it just feels good, Mm. you know, to know that you are paying this debt. You don't have to owe anyone anything and having credit card debt paying an interest people don't I, I don't know I guess I didn't realize this either is every month it whatever your balance is you pay an interest on it and that's like money you're paying towards nothing it's like just extra money that you could have in your pocket so um I didn't think I understood the, the concept of interest for a very long time I just thought it was like you know whatever and you see. didn't really see it um but now it's like I don't have to pay interest that sucks you know and like you, it's you want, you
1: want somebody else to pay you interest yeah <laughs> so
2: um so yeah I that was things that you learned as you go through the process. But
1: uh, what about investing in things like that? I mean, do you have any interest in investing at all?
2: Yeah. I think eventually when I'm at a place where I have some of the extra income to put into things, yeah, I would love to put money into like stocks or yeah, investments and just, you know, other things too. Um, I just don't think, yeah, I'm at a point in my life now where I would put money into that. But, um, I definitely, yeah, something I would want to definitely do in the future.
1: Very cool. Okay, well, just just keep listening to a word about wealth. Yeah, and uh, hopefully we will,
0: we'll influence you one way or another, for
1: <laughs> well, the good so, or the bad.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for walking us through a lot yeah. of you know sure. your side. But do you guys have, do you have any thoughts or questions for Van uh, or myself about you know just kind of where you are now that we can help answer?
2: Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, I know we talked about. Oh, I guess how you guys had a whole episode on debt, right? And like paying it off. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. For you guys, I mean, what, what do you think has helped you guys? I mean, you guys seem very very good about your finances. And <laughs> I don't know what kind of helped you stuff, guys.
0: Yeah. Well, I had Van, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I followed Van's advice. But well, Van, what are your thoughts on kind of like debt? And, you know, I know there's different schools of thought when it comes to like Dave Ramsey, Snowball Effect. We talked a lot about those. Yeah. Given what you've heard about, Ivy's... Yeah, deep how deep would you assessment. assess my
2: situation?
0: I would say your
1: situation, is, I would say, is... I would, um, Above average, I would say, because yeah. uh, um, I would say the a lot of people, most Americans would have a ton of credit card debt and then they would have no way of paying it. But I mean, the fact that you're saying that you're going to get rid of it within the yeah. next few months is is pretty astounding. So yeah. I think you're definitely above average. Um, the part that I would say that would be, you know, one way to, to improve it is, you know, as soon as you pay off that debt, I would start looking at investments because, um, you know, we would talk about, you know, side gigs, you know, before with this podcast, we we're talking about a lot of side gigs and, right. um, and uh, passive income. But right. I mean, buying stocks and things like that, it's like it's so easy and is one of the easiest ways to. Um, you know, get that passive income that people are looking for. Without having for. to
2: do a lot for exactly.
1: it. Exactly. I mean, like, sure, there are risks. I mean, like right. any, any other investment. But, yeah. I mean, it's just – it's still just very – it just takes maybe – 10 minutes to invest Assuming you have the money Right Right And um, I would say If you can um, You know narrow uh, You know do investment And also figure out What your savings rate is I know I, I harp a lot On savings rate and, Oh yeah um, Savings um, yeah, yeah and I don't know If you saw this uh, You know the episode um, Or listened to an episode A while back I, I know uh, It sounds like our family Doesn't listen to this <laughs> yeah,
0: so I, I'm a little hurt Well yeah. I'm
2: a little behind yeah. I will say I haven't had a lot of time To listen yeah. to podcasts But I'm getting around yeah. to it At
0: least you're the first family member that agreed to come Exactly on, Exactly
2: so. Yeah. So well, take yeah that I, as a <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I would take that Literally as winning bad. a day. But, I mean, the, the fact of the matter is, I mean, I think most of America can't really even save 10% of their income. Right. And when, uh, when you do the math, um, 10% equals to about – 50 years of working. And I mean, that just sounds astounding, right? Whereas if, let's say you were to save about maybe 50%, mm-hmm. then you could actually work less than 20 years and then right. still, you know, it'll be, you'll be okay. Now. Um, I mean, if pretty much if for you, um, if you can get rid of your debt, uh, also, you know, start investing and also, um, you know, Rain down, you know. Increase your savings rate. Then I think those are your three key
0: things that mm-hmm. you know will make you successful, like you yeah. know, way way sooner than you think. So yeah. Van, is there um like a rule of thumb on the savings rate where uh, you think she should be at, or I mean, always I more would, I mean,
2: it? I every part of every month of my income, part of it goes to my you know retirement, and I always have a part that goes into a savings account that sits there, mm-hmm. and I don't I right. don't touch it because mm-hmm. the the savings account for me is like the. Oh, shoot, money. You know, (laughs) it's (laughs) money for when something really terrible happens and, you know, I need the money in a pinch type of thing. So, um, yeah, and I I know a lot of people talk about savings, but it's like for real you should put money into a savings account yeah. you should definitely have a savings account <laughs> yeah i
1: mean basically what ivy um, is saying is basically creating a, an emergency fund essentially yes. right yeah and um, i would say you know emergency fund i think is very crucial especially you know life can throw you tons of curveballs oh, totally. and if you have that emergency fund then you should be okay yeah. i mean i know with all the things happening to uh, you know our citizens in um uh crap in
2: houston houston i was oh, gonna say yeah. austin
1: but it's not yeah, yeah but i'm Texas, sorry i didn't know where you were going now. We, <laughs> i apologize, I apologize. but i mean uh, if i mean uh, if assuming if people there yeah. have you know sizable savings and they yeah. should be okay but it's just the people who don't have the savings i mean yeah. they're gonna be in a world of hurt oh pretty totally soon.
2: and you know what they say the big one is coming here in california the right. big earthquake is coming
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> also then when it comes to uh Emergency fund. We've talked about some schools of thought being like three to six months, six Mm -hmm. to eight months, whatever. Oh yeah. Um, Given that you know, Ivy's still working on some of that debt. Mm -hmm. Is that? Is there a, maybe a discounted rate on that and you're really trying to attack the debt? Like a rule um, of thumb. Or or what are your thoughts on that? I would that?
1: say if you are tackling your debt like full on, then you, I would say three months is okay. Because think of it this way. Let's say you did lose your job, right? Mm. You can always fall back and pay the minimum payments afterwards, right? Right. So right. I would say let's go ahead and go full-fledged onto the debt and then that and just keep you know maybe about three months of savings into your uh, emergency fund. But once you're done with those savings, I would say try to bump that more towards the six months and just you know yeah. keep it there and your right. savings account yeah. um and then start uh, investing. and, and the thing is but the thing is I, I wouldn't i mean i'm a bad example of this but i wouldn't try to keep no more than six months because you don't want to hold a lot of cash either because um it's going to start eroding away especially after you keep it in cash over years over year over year um, uh, meaning because like you know um, a, a milk bottle 20 years ago is gonna is a lot cheaper than it is today right, right? so and if you keep it in cash then your buying power is going to be a lot less Oh right! So Interesting. so that's okay. why that's why the whole investment portion, whether it's in stocks or real estate or whatever, is, is good. It's good because avenue, yeah, um, because that way you can hedge yourself against inflation. Yeah, right. It's basically making allowing your dollar to work farther. For, yeah, exactly. Um, Interesting. Of holding yeah. it today, but because yeah. I mean I I know I I mean I know I have about a year's worth of cash, and I'm thinking that's just so stupid, <laughs> and I keep telling myself that because I'm waiting for uh, the you know the big uh you know. Uh, recession or whatever in mm-hmm. the stock market so I could jump in. But, again, I've been waiting for three years. Right. <laughs> so I should I should just been, you know, not dumb and just go ahead and invest in that. But in any case, I mean, that's – that's I would say, you know, just do what you're doing. I think you're doing great. But um, definitely it will be good to, you know, figure out what your next steps are, which is, you know, what sure. I highlighted earlier.
2: Yeah. Kind of question is given the fact that I didn't have the means to be able to pay some of this debt off mm-hmm. – You know, what was the best – what would you have given in regards to the best way to consolidate it or, you know, be able to start paying these off? Or, you know, let's say, you know, I didn't have that and I was just snowballing in debt and had, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars or whatever. What's the best kind of course of action for someone?
1: Um, I mean – the. The easiest one, I mean, the simplest way to answer is like you know um, maybe you, you know, figure out a way to make more money, right? So that's <laughs> one way, right? <laughs> right. I mean that's that. I mean that's that's, that's yeah. pretty simple. I mean harder to harder to do, obviously. But another way is, I mean, I know debt consolidation is pretty popular these days, and uh, I know we've talked about this, uh, you know, offline. But yeah. Um, I mean, I think debt consolidation is fine. However. Um, you need to be in a mindset that this is like the last time that you're gonna be in this debt, right? Because this is like the
2: last, like last ditch effort. Exactly,
1: because right? Because
2: you would go get a loan or do something because you don't want to have to pay off all these different
1: right. cards or what have you. Because I think the kind of the false, um, the false pre-sense here is most people they go into the debt con- consolidation, they think that's a win, and then they continue to they continue to spend more on the side in in addition to paying off this debt, right. right? And I think that's kind of the trap that you need to figure out how to not get yourself. So you just into. see, they're
2: paying one thing versus four cards. Exactly. They're like, oh,
1: well, I'm paying, you know, I'm paying less. Right. (laughs) Well, in essence, they are paying less because usually with these debt consolidation and refinancing, your interest rate usually are lower than your credit card, right? But, um, a lot of times, um, you know, it's actually kind of dangerous, too, because there's two types of consolidation that I know of. Uh, one is called in- unsecure, where basically it's kind of you don't have anything tied to that debt. Right. So you're not putting anything up for collateral. Oh, Versus there's right. A secure debt, where, which is um, you're putting like either your car or your house mm-hmm. under collateral. So that way, if you don't pay, they take that.
2: Oh, uh, right. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's
1: kind of dangerous. But I mean, the trade off is with the unsecured debt, you actually have a, usually have a higher interest rate because you're more risky. Whereas for the secure debt. Um, you know, usually there's, is a, a more favorable interest rate, mm, but, but I mean, just keep in mind with the secure debt though, there, there is a risk that they may take it if you can't Yeah,
2: I mean, I mean, with debt consolidation, I feel like if it was a good thing, more people would be doing
1: mm-hmm. it, you right. know,
2: or taking out these personal loans or doing, you know, whatever. So, right. um, obviously it, yeah, it does sound like it's like the last thing you should try. If you feel like you can't, there's no other avenue. Exactly.
1: Um, I mean, another thing I, I know is, um, one of my friends, um, his, uh, His wife is uh, a doctor. Mm-hmm. And she amounted a ton of debt during her med school and so forth. Sure. And he actually, you know, they, they own a home. And uh, because the last few years, the home price have been going up so high, um, they actually refinanced and took out the, the uh, balance of that refinance to pay off her loans. Because her loans, I think, were maybe like 7-8%, whereas his uh, his refinance mortgage was like maybe 3.5% right. or something like that. right? So right. in that case, I mean, they did the math. I mean, I, d- I didn't really see the math myself, but I mean, they figured out that by doing that, their math, um, they would be paying a lot less in interest. Um, by refinance, uh, taking the money out of the refinance mm-hmm. of the mortgage versus just paying it you know, yeah. straight on.
2: I definitely yeah. looked into that too. When I was going to refi, mm-hmm. we were going to refi and take some of the, I guess the refinance the equity or whatever sure. and pay off some of the debts. And then I think we kind of just, me and my mortgage officer just decided that maybe not be the best course of action. And plus with the debt, it did affect my credit score, mm-hmm. which did affect me being able to get the refinance. Gotcha.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, like, again, it's just all depends on your, know, like your credit score and your, yeah. um, you know, your debt to income ratio and all that. I mean, this yeah. is just, this is really a bunch of factors that you should really look into
0: before you jump with any of these solutions.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah.
0: Okay. Were, were you going to say something? Kevin? Okay. Uh, sorry. I was yeah. uh, a little late now, but I was going <laughs> to say, well, I was going to say maybe for those that don't know what debt consolidation is, what can you, what's a good definition of what is actually happening there? I mean, uh, is it literally what, the word, So the phrase when goes. I,
2: I didn't know anything about it when I looked into it and one of my friends actually did it. And so basically what she said was, and how I realized what it was, was like, let's say, for instance, I have five credit cards and they all have balances on it and I'm in debt with all those cards. Debt consolidation to me was I could basically get a personal loan or a loan of some sort for X amount of dollars and then pay off all those credit cards and then those all have Zero balances, and then I'm just paying back one lender or whoever I got the lend- the money from, and just paying off that one person versus four different
0: credit cards. Mm. So why would um why would a the that I guess that new lender be I- interested in doing that? I mean, is
1: it's kind of like um. It's a way to create income for themselves, right? Because right now You're, an in- you're getting yeah.
2: an. In- you're paying an interest. Yeah. Still.
1: Because yeah. I mean, let's say you go to the bank and uh, you know buy a CD, a certificate of deposit. Um, I mean, the interest rates on those these days are you know like you know is pathetic, yeah, right? Right. And then even when you buy a treasury bill, I mean that's pathetic too. So it's just another way of I mean, if you don't if you don't feel like the stock market is your thing, you can you know offer a lot of these loans. And I provide some kind of income that way. Because it'll be you know higher than you know, even most bonds these days, right? Mm, so it's right. just a way it's
0: just another way of making money. I mean So it's like if Ivy had those four institutions that she was owing uh paying interest to. Mm-hmm. Right. I say I'm gonna pay those off for you and then you now pay. Now you pay me. Right. So I get those interests. Exactly. But the risk to me is obviously high, but it might be at a lower interest rate, so you're more likely to actually pay it right. off right. as I, opposed
2: to more. And if you didn't, I'm sure it would highly affect my right. you know my credit and all I that see. stuff okay i mean
1: th- think that of it this sense. way right i mean the credit card companies i mean most credit cards are between like 15 to like 20 something yeah. percent i mean even i go and say okay i'm i i give you IV a loan of 12 percent. i mean that's so a lot well. lower for you because you're paying a lot less in interest you're still I making mean, money as a lender exactly i'm making 12 percent, right. which is you know really good right? right so i mean it's still it's still
0: uh, beneficial on both and can you consolidate debt across different types? Can it be consumer? Can it be, I don't know, other, other debt? Is it or is there, a, is there like consumer debt? Debt consolidation should only be consumer debt stuff. And then you have another debt. How does that work? I mean, I to be honest, I, I'm not an expert at
1: that. I mean, mm. I think we could even have a whole full episode about yeah. this where I could do some Very more research. But my my understanding is with the consumer debt is usually just kind of only consumer debt. I don't yeah. know if you can throw in like student, student loans and all job. that, right? Because right. okay. with student loans, it's kind of like another animal yeah. where you can, you know, um, hmm. Yeah, you know, there's like federal and then like private and all that that you can right. consolidate and refinance. But again, uh, that we could easily talk for another couple of hours on that. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Yeah. though.
0: Hmm. All right. Very cool. Ivy, any? Uh, we're we're kind of just about to close up here. Any other questions uh, that you wanted to chat about, or, or, uh, you know, pick Van's pick brain? brain yeah. You know, I mean, Kevin's an expert. Too, no, so. no expert. <laughs> I
2: did have a thought though when we we're talking about sure. interest rates. Another thing I looked at into as well, when I was starting the process of paying off debt was, and this is totally free, and everyone should look into it is calling up your credit card and seeing if you can get a lower interest rate, because mm. sometimes they'll give you a lower interest rate, mm. you know, wow. instead okay. of, and I called and sometimes they'll say no. And that's the worst thing. You're just still paying the interest rate that you have. But sometimes it, it can tack a little bit off and you know, a little bit every little bit helps. Um, so that's kind of a thing I like to in the beginning, too, as I called up all my credit cards. And I just said, Hey, you know, I'm trying to pay this off and the credit rates very high and, you know, some helped and, you know, we're like, okay, we can lower it a little bit. And some were like, we can't do anything, but it was free and it just took a little bit of time to Hmm. save even a little bit of money here and there knowing I didn't have to pay such a high interest rate. So
1: that's interesting because I know that you can call to increase your balance, but I didn't right. know you can call to lower your a interest lot of them rate.
2: don't do it. Okay. But some do, and I was yeah you because know, I read online and I did a lot of research about how to start paying off debt. And so they said the first thing is call your credit cards because some of them will give you a little bit off on your interest rate, which is nice because then you don't have to pay as much <laughs> on the interest rate. But um, that that's kind of a thought I had when we were just talking about interest rates. Is yeah, there's a lot of things you can do out there to even start looking into paying off your debt. So
1: very cool. All right, so I think we're um, we're actually a little bit over an hour. Uh, so uh, you know, why don't we just go ahead and close up? Yeah, well, we just
0: wanted to thank you on behalf of a word about wealth. Yeah. Thank yeah. you for joining. Thanks for us. having me.
2: It was great, and I hope you know, maybe this helps someone out there start paying off their debt and yeah. it's a yeah. process, and you know. Don't feel like you're the only one out there. Right. Yeah. I
1: mean, we know it's an epidemic in America, and this is just like another uh, person off the street that is absolutely. giving her story. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's just uh, hopefully this is inspi-
0: it has inspired other folks. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So we're, we're going to try to do this, what, Van, uh, once a month or so if we can find people. Yeah, exactly. People can come out. But uh, the hope really is to share that. You know, you know, we take a break from some of the stuff we talk about, but really yeah. kind of explore what you're going through yeah. and see if that you know, is representative Hopefully of connects people connects with someone
2: or you know yeah. clicks with someone. So. It was great. This was fun.
0: Cool. Well, thanks. Well, hope you uh, come back anytime. Sure. Definitely. Join uh, join us on a word about wealth. But Van, you want to share what people can reach us? Oh, certainly. So, if you have questions,
1: comments, or further topics that you want us to discuss, please email us at a word about at gmail.com. And we actually also have a website that we post our some blogs. That's right. And I think, uh, you know, you definitely you can reach us there as well. I think there's a contact yes, page and so there forth, is. right? Yep. So I, I know Kevin's been toiling in the, in the midnight <laughs> hours figuring all this out. So
0: it's, yeah, it looks pretty great, actually. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. You're going to find a recap of every episode on, on the website, as well as some thoughts that usually Van and I have midweek about just general financial topics. So that website is a wordaboutwealth.com. Don't forget the A before about. No, yes. but no, yes. a word. <laughs> uh, there's an A there. Yeah. Uh, but you also find links to the podcast through that website as well. Yes. And in the show notes, I've also put the, uh, the website and
1: our email. So that yes. way you can always reach us there as well.
0: Perfect. And then we're going to do a reader mailbag, I think, very soon. So please send in uh, some of your questions and love to answer those. Cool. So, and if
2: anyone has questions about me, I can dur- definitely answer them.
0: Yeah, too.
1: that's right. Oh, uh, sorry. One more thing is that please sure. rate, review, and share this podcast because again, the more you guys rate, the more that you know we can spread the word about wealth and right. you know hopefully get um, you know more you know basically more g- g- uh, following gathering right because yep. I mean we want you know we want our
0: family to listen to this. Yes, <laughs> we absolutely do, and they won't listen unless there's at least three ratings. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but thanks everybody. Thank
2: thanks. you, Ivy. And, Thank yeah, you. Cool.
0: We'll take it from there. All
1: right. We'll see you soon. Bye.